Hello and welcome to Sober, Stories of Badgers Empowered in Recovery. This is a podcast hosted by Wisconsin Voices for Recovery. Wisconsin Voices for Recovery is a peer-run movement that helps unite people in recovery, their families, professionals, and allies. As a diverse coalition of recovery advocates, we serve as a statewide network to link services and support to those in need. My name is Cindy Brzezinski, Director of Wisconsin Voices for Recovery, and joining me today is Heather Rose from Badger Recovery at UW-Madison. Badger Recovery is a program for students in or considering recovery from substance use and helps to create a community where students can access resources and support through a variety of meetings, events, and services. Welcome, Heather. It's nice to meet with you today. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'm excited to hear, um, to start off, if you could tell me a little bit about yourself, including your background and your current role at Badger Recovery. Yeah, so like you already said, my name is Heather Rose. I am a junior at UW-Madison. I am currently a student assistant with Badger Recovery. I do a lot of event coordination and outreach um, is my primary role, and I started out with Badge Recovery being a member, and then I came to meetings consistently enough that when a job opened up, I jumped at the chance to be part of the team, and I've been here for about a year and a half now. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. Could you tell me a little bit about Badger Recovery, including when and how it started, its structure, and what the organization does? Yeah, um, Badge Recovery started in 2020 as a fully virtual Um, recovery meeting space. And thankfully, over time, we've been able to transition to a hybrid meeting space where we hold our weekly all recovery meetings and friends and family meetings. Hybrids, you can attend virtually or in person, whatever members find most comfortable to them. So we have our meetings and then we also like to do more casual social events to create more lighthearted bonding opportunities for participants. And our primary role is just to create community recovery, regardless of what direction you choose it. They can be a very isolating and lonely thing to go through. And so we just really try to introduce students to other people in similar ages with similar backgrounds in order to kind of take away that feeling of isolation, that feeling of loneliness and recovery. That's great. Um, Sounds like it it has a really important role. And you had mentioned that you participated um, before you were in your current role. What drew you to participating in Badger Recovery in the beginning? Yeah, um, my father struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction for most of my childhood. And when I came to Madison, I really wanted to, and I heard about Badger Recovery, I really wanted to kind of find some closure with that aspect of my life. And I really wanted to meet other students who were genuinely making the effort to try and work on themselves and work on that recovery. And through that, it really gave me a sense of belonging. And I myself struggle with an eating disorder. So I've been able to apply a lot of different recovery um, models and topics to my eating disorder recovery journey, as well as giving me closure on some of my personal background with it. That's great. Yeah, that sense of belonging is really important um, in recovery from for many things. Uh, I'm glad this organization exists. Um, if you could tell me a little bit about Badger Recovery's approach to recovery, 
for example, do you follow a particular model? And then why or why not? Yeah, um, Badger Recovery, we always like to promote nonlinear recovery because we don't want, like, we don't have a 12-step program. We don't follow Smart Recovery or any other model. And the only reason we do that is we want to open a more flexible harm reduction approach. A lot of people respond well to 12-step and to Smart Recovery and other models, and we support that. We love that, and we're more than welcome to um, help you along with that, but we also open that door for other ways to go about recovery as well. So we try to take more discussion-based and more peer conversation-based for our recovery meetings. That's great. So really kind of allowing that flexibility and expansiveness to allow people to um, be on the recovery journey that fits best for them in the in the way that they would like to proceed forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's our primary goal. Great. And then you had mentioned that you hold regular meetings. Walk me through. Um, what does one of these meetings look like? How does it how does it unfold? So typically one of the student assistants, whether it's myself or one of my coworkers, would be facilitating. And we start off by going through our meeting guidelines, and they're very laid back, very simple. Just whatever said in this group stays in this group, respect the opinions, remarks, and experiences of others, and so on and so forth. And then once we go through that, we introduce a topic. My team and I take turns picking different topics, whether it's gratitude, transitional periods, or my personal favorites, the identity wheel. Um, we introduce those topics and we love to ask open-ended questions to kind of get people thinking and reflecting on how that topic could relate to their own recovery experience. And then we just kind of have a very flexible conversation. If the conversation stays on topic, that's great. But if something else kind of comes up where we notice other people are really interested in talking about a completely different theme or subject matter, we love to open up the door for that conversation as well. Wow. Wow. That's that's wonderful. Um, so you'd mentioned a few topics. So gratitude, a transitional period and identity wheel. Can you say a little bit more about what those topics include for students? Yeah, across a lot of different recovery models, gratitude is definitely something that gets talked about a lot. And whether it's you're grateful for being able to say you're in recovery, or you're, whether it's you're grateful for the meetings, or if you were someone who went to rehab, or if you have a therapist, or whatever it is, um, gratitude can show up in a lot of different ways, and that can be a very personal thing to talk about, and it's a very, like, daunting at times, for sure, because it's it has a lot that goes into it, so that tends to be a really important one we discuss. Um, transitional periods, we love to talk about specifically for college students because nothing is very stable, I guess, for lack of better words because we're changing our classes and our routine and our schedules every semester. And then we have the winter breaks and the summer breaks, and there's just constant change. And not having that set routine all of the time can be very difficult for someone in recovery. And um, so we just really love to kind of talk about different strategies and coping with that. And then, like I said, my personal favorite is the ident identity wheel. I think that different aspects of our identity, whether it's socioeconomic status, race, gender, sexual orientation, um, a magnitude of other things, 
can all play a role in recovery, whether we know it or not, whether it's those outside stressors or discrimination or all of these little pieces that come into it can all play a role in whether we needed, like what led to the substance use disorder or needing to find ways to cope in the first place or whether it's decide those aspects decided what type of recovery path they wanted to take. It sounds like these are all really important recovery topics as well as topics that are really specific um, to students. Um, and it, it's great that these topics exist um, and that, you know, there, there's, you know, support in these different areas, especially around, you know, some of those, those areas of change, constant change, like transition and the intersection of different identities, um, which are really, really um, at the forefront um, for students, but also I think at the forefront for a lot of people in recovery as well, especially regarding transitions, um, you know, maybe from not or from using substances to not using substances and then any other transitions that follow and all the different um, aspects of identity that can intersect. And in previous conversation, I think we you had mentioned to me that um, you also provide recovery coaching through Badger Recovery. What does that look like? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is a little bit of a newer service that Badger Recovery is offering. Um, employees of Badger Recovery go through recovery coaching training, and they get certified to be a recovery coach. And it's different than therapy because we're not licensed medical professionals by any means. And it's a little bit different than a sponsorship like you would get in AANA or any other um, anonymous group because we do have a type of training aspect to it. So it's kind of like an in-between middle ground. And we wanted to open this up. It's completely free for students to do, but we wanted to give people the opportunity to take advantage of this because being in a meeting where there's a lot of people that you don't know can be kind of, and can be kind of scary or um, intimidating to kind of pour your heart out and talk about maybe a more vulnerable part of yourself or a more personal part of yourself. And sometimes it's just easier in a one-on-one -on -one setting. And it's also sometimes a little bit easier to build a relationship or build a rapport and get more comfortable with slowly opening up over time. Um, so we're very excited about that, and we're going to have more of our staff go through training for this in August, so then we can hopefully help even more students with the recovery coaching services. That's a really important service to provide. Um, I, I like that that's happening um, through Badger Recovery. Um, I know that recovery coaches can provide an instrumental role in supporting somebody's recovery and helping them, you know, get connected and someone to talk to that that understands your experience from that different perspective. You'd mentioned before that you guys also hold events. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the types of events you hold and how often? Yeah, so like I said, this is my primary role is to help plan events um, outside of facilitating meetings, of course. So some of our more popular and more successful events have been bowling. We'll get together and go to Union South and go bowling at the set. Um, every year we try to do a sober tailgate to let all the football fans who want to participate in the festivities but don't necessarily want to participate in the excessive drinking that tends to happen. Um, we've done pumpkin carving. 
We've done self-soothe boxes. It was a more recent one where people built basically a kit that had fidget toys and different sensory things to kind of help cope and self-soothe. Um, we're always trying to come up with new ideas to engage a bunch of different people and a bunch of different interests. And September is recovery month, I believe. And because of that, we're going to have a different event each week in September. And one of them is going to be our silver tailgate. We're going to have open house so people can come and ask questions if they would like. We're going to be at recovery rallies and a harm reduction fun fest is we're going to host. So we have a lot of exciting events coming up because we really want to reach as many people as possible, whether you're in recovery or taking a harm reduction approach, or if you just want to be an ally and just learn more about the best way to help out your friends, family members that might be struggling with a substance use disorder or other process addiction. Wow, that's really exciting. It sounds like you have a lot going on in September. Mm -hmm. um, it's always always a great month to focus on recovery. Um, that That's just really great to hear. Um, how do you engage the campus community in your events and organization? Do you have any particular strategies if, if there's other, other campuses out there that might be interested in engaging a community? Yeah, so our Instagram is one of our biggest pieces for advertising and letting people know that we have these events going on. We've also utilized different newsletters. Uh, the graduate newsletter has been pretty popular in terms of getting people to know about our events. A lot of times we'll do tabling. So my team and I will take pamphlets and our business cards and walk around campus and hand them out to people who might want them. And they can check out our website and our Instagram where all of our events are listed. So that's kind of how we engage with them. I know I re more recently helped um, I collaborated with the UHS communication team here and did TikToks about different Badger recovery related things. So we try to utilize a bunch of different platforms and a bunch of different methods to let people know we're here. We want to help. We want you guys to come and ask us questions. And um, if there's any way we can support you, we want to hear all about it. That's great. So it sounds like you do a lot for engagement. Um, what's your experience of the impact of this organization in the student community? A lot of the feedback we've received is students tend to really like the flexibility of the meetings, that it's kind of similar to the conversation I'm having with you right now. It's a lot of back and forth, and as ideas come up, we're talking about it. It's not necessarily a strict guideline. We're talking about this thing, and then this thing, and then this thing next, like they really love the freedom and the flexibility. And I think because the student assistants, Badger Recovery employees are in the meetings and we're participating as well. Like we're opening up and we're talking about our own personal experiences. Um, it tends to be a little bit more relaxed or less intimidating because sometimes it would be different if like a professor was leading the meeting or if there was like a certain title attached to it where it seems like we're, kind of analyzing you in a way like sometimes that can be how it would feel like in a therapy session like you're talking about your personal experience and then your therapist is like analyzing what you're saying and giving you ways to help whereas in our meetings we're just talking back and forth if people want advice they can say like hey I would like some advice in this situation but we really don't encourage unsolicited advice we just really want to hear people out and 
be a safe space for people to talk and communicate with each other. Uh, so it sounds like uh, what some of the things that make that that safe space are the transparency, the support, the connection, all those pieces. Yes, absolutely. Great. So it sounds like you're doing some important work to support the college community. Can you tell us why this type of work with the college community is important? Yeah. Um, being in college on any campus, I think, can be a very difficult time for any student, regardless of whether or not you're in recovery, because there's a lot happening all around you. You're trying to figure out your professional life, personal life, and you're learning so much and taking in so much, it can be really overwhelming and stressful. And for someone in recovery, regardless of substance use disorder, process addiction, or anything else, it can be even more stressful and even more overwhelming because you're trying to balance everything and not fall into more negative behaviors. And particularly at UW-Madison, because it is labeled as a party school, like that's a huge draw and a huge um, thing that is celebrated here is drinking culture. And it's not always the most inviting space for someone with a substance use disorder. It can be very triggering at times, whether people intend it to be that way or not. Um, because a lot of like university buildings will sell alcohol and that's fine, but it's not always the most productive space for someone who is trying hard to avoid it or reduce that in their life. And we're, we want to make it very clear that we're not saying that drinking is bad, or we're not saying that people can't enjoy themselves occasionally because we're not in a position to tell anybody how to live their life or to how to go about their own recovery. That's why we love harm reduction rather than promoting sobriety um, because there's no one right way to go about a lifestyle. Um, we just try to give the option um, to be in a substance-free environment, alcohol-free environment, um, just so that way there's not only one way to have fun in college and that there's only one way to connect with other people. We're just trying to fill in a gap for students. That's great. I like how you brought up the challenges because those challenges do exist um, on, on campuses um, and in the college community in general on occasion. What can students in recovery do to support their recovery in a situation? For example, where they might there might be access to alcohol or other substances, for example, at a party, a bar with friends. One thing, we do get asked this question quite frequently because you're trying to learn how to socialize with other people your own age who might not necessarily be on the same type of recovery journey as you. And again, that is completely fine. We encourage people to like make a plan if they do want to go out and be in a scenario where alcohol may be there. And if they're able to be around it and it not be a problem, that's great. We love to hear that. But we always love to encourage people to come up with a plan. So whether it's you have a friend or a buddy system where you say, hey, I, if I say this or give you this kind of look, it kind of means that I'm ready to go or that I need to get out of there. Um, that's always something we encourage people to do. Or if you're able to confide in friends or family members about what your needs are and what your boundaries are in terms of being around substances, we try to help come up with ideas for substance-free activities, whether it's hiking or 
movies or bowling or just a bunch of different stuff. We try to give people alternative ways to socialize and enjoy themselves, whether it's our events or whether it has nothing to do with Badger recovery. Um, so those are some great ways that we try to help people balance or like meet halfway in terms of socializing with other college students while still respecting your needs and your own boundaries for your recovery. So really that support and connection piece and kind of brainstorming and working with with them to, to come up with those ideas on how to best support their recovery and stay connected. What are your thoughts on how to best cultivate a campus environment where students in recovery can thrive? Um, I would say just keep an open mind if you have a friend or a classmate or someone who might not necessarily want to drink or go out to the bars or whatever it is that um, the situation may be bringing up and just being respectful of it and just understand that just because they're on a different journey than you doesn't mean that yours is wrong. Like, again, we don't judge regardless of what direction somebody takes, whether they want sobriety or whether they want just harm reduction or if they're not in recovery at all. Um, so just keeping open minds and open lines of communication for sure. In terms of this campus specifically, we are really pushing for a permanent Badger recovery space because right now we just reserve different conference rooms at Mo Memorial Union and College Library. And we think um, the dream would be to have a space that is ours 24-7 and that people can, that students can come in and study, they can meet other people and not just come for recovery meetings where it can be a space that they know won't have any alcohol present and they won't necessarily need to explain themselves in order to participate or in order to be productive in whatever that looks like to them. That sounds like a great vision to have to have something like that. I think that's a great goal and a great uh, focus for next steps. I want to shift a little bit and talk about allyship. Um, what are your recommendations for being an ally to support a student in their recovery journey? Yeah, this is a very exciting topic for us to talk about, at least for Badger Recovery to talk about, because it's one of our more common questions, especially in the friends and family meetings. Um, we highly encourage person-first language. If somebody says, I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic, that is perfectly fine, because that is how they're choosing to identify themselves. But when you're talking about somebody else and you're not necessarily sure how they want to label their recovery, saying something along the lines of person with substance use disorder or person with an eating disorder and make sure that it's more neutral or more medically sounding, for lack of better words. That way it doesn't have that negative connotation around it. Again, if somebody wants to identify as addict, alcoholic, that's completely fine because it's their recovery journey. They can call themselves whatever they would like. But um, when talking about somebody else and someone else's journey, we just highly encourage a more neutral, um, positive approach. So really avoiding that, uh, like stigmatizing language through language to, to avoid or decrease stigma. Yeah. And stigma tends to be one of the biggest pieces, I think, in terms of what makes it hard for a young person in particular to get um, started on their recovery journey. It's difficult for anyone at any age, but I think when you're younger, 
um, especially with social media and peer pressure and just trying to figure out yourself. It can be no one wants to have a negative label put on them while they're in college surrounded by a bunch of people all the time. And yeah, so we try to take away some of that stigma and some of that like negativity out of being in recovery and the idea of reaching out and seeking help for recovery. That's so, so important because uh, stigma can be a barrier to recovery. It can, you know, cause a person to to feel negatively about themselves and, you know, have a negative impact on them. So that's, it's really important. Absolutely. And do you have, so for anyone interested in becoming an ally, do you have any thoughts or, or any recommendations of what not to do? So what's not supportive and what should be avoided? It's kind of tricky at times because everyone is different where the best way to support one person is not always the best way to support another. Um, So just really keeping in mind that if someone does open up to you about recovery, that to not take anything they're saying personal because they're on their own journey and they're just trying to open up and be honest about their boundaries. So try not to be judgmental try not to like put words in their mouth or if it doesn't if what they're saying doesn't necessarily make sense to you that is okay just say I don't necessarily understand all of it but I'm here I'm with you I support you and that's okay you don't have to understand their feelings on it you don't have to understand all their experiences but just making sure that you're keeping an open mind and being supportive with their choices in terms of how they want to go through recovery. Um, So that's probably the best way, I think, to be an ally. And if you want a more like general approach, if you don't necessarily have someone specific in your life that you're supporting and you just want to support the idea of recovery in general, more than welcome to volunteer with not, you can help out with Badge Recovery or you can help out with other communities here in Madison or across the state of Wisconsin. different events, different rallies, just learning as much as you can, um, different strategies maybe. It all depends on what approach or how much of an ally you would like to be or how deep in the recovery world you would like to get. And we try to keep, we try to give people as many options as they would like, and we're always happy to give more ideas as well. That's great. So it sounds like um, your Badger Recovery supports people in recovery and also supports the development of allies to support those in recovery. Yeah, absolutely. And we always try to open up the door for allies to come to our meetings too. We don't want to alienate anybody by saying you have to be in recovery or you have to be a certain individual in order to come. We're just happy to educate people from a non-clinical point of view, because again, none of us are licensed professionals. Um, We're just happy to build that community, whether it's people in recovery, allies, or both. That's amazing. Um, And for those in and seeking recovery, what advice do you have for them to support their recovery and stay connected? Um, Like I said, there's no one right way to do recovery. And we're very big on not giving unsolicited advice. So I think do what feels best for you. If it's therapy, if it's rehab, if it's um, groups, if it's com- 
connecting with other people online or emailing different professors or whatever direction you want to take, just choose the one that's best for you and don't necessarily compare your recovery journey to someone else's because people can get very hung up on um, like quantifying it, like needing to be so many days, so many weeks, so many years sober. And if they don't hit that or if they make a mistake or whatever the situation may be, it can be really discouraging and it can feel, it can make you feel worse and be more of a hindrance to recovery than anything else. So just really focusing on you and what's best for you um, is the best piece of advice that we can give. And for an ally, just keeping that open mind, like I said, I know I really went into it before, but just trying really hard to understand where that other person is coming from. And if you can't, just supporting the fact that it is their choices and their journey to go on. Well summarized. All right. I have one more question for you. Um, what advice would you have for others that may want to create a similar organization at their campus to support students in recovery? If you're interested in creating a group like this or something similar at your own university, um, I highly recommend talking to professors or anyone in administration, whether it's deans or people at university health services, because um, it can really help others take you seriously when you have a full-time staff member or a medical professional or someone else backing you up. It is also really important to maybe have other students on your side and to prove that there is a need for it on your campus, which I imagine that every university or every college, tech school, trade school, whatever, um, other platform there is would have some type of need for a recovery community or recovery program. So I highly recommend just telling as many people about it and trying to have as many people on your team as possible and taking feedback and seeing what model or what recovery journey you want to promote to other people. Great, great. Well, I think that that wraps us up today. Um, thank you again for your time. Um, I wanted to just take a moment to ask, how can people reach you and what is your website? Yeah, you can feel free to email us at recovery at uhs.wis.edu. We have someone checking that nearly every day, so we try to reply really quickly. You can also reach us on our Instagram, which is Badger Recovery, no capital, no space, you can comment on our posts or DM us, and we check that regularly, too. We also post our meetings, our meeting links, and events and other information as well. So our Instagram is probably one of the best places to learn about us. We're also on the University Health Services website under Substance Misuse Prevention. Um, yeah, and thank you again for having me. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you again, Heather. Um, again, Badger Recovery can be reached by emailing them at recovery at uhs.wisc.edu um, or on Instagram, uh, Badger Recovery, no capital, one word. Um, and then the email and Instagram and website links will also be listed in the description of this podcast. And thank you again to our listeners. And I hope everyone has a nice day. <laughs>